from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studios. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Thank you for joining us, America. It's a free call at 888-825-5225. Dr. John Deloney, number one best-selling author of the book Own Your Past, Change Your Future, and host of the very popular Dr. John Deloney Show on Ramsey Network's podcast. You should check it out. Uh, if you want to know about mental health and relationships and just getting along with other other humans, it's a big deal and hard to do sometimes because sometimes those humans aren't that human. So there's or sometimes that. those humans say human wrong. That's cool. <laughs> that's, that's cool. <laughs> you don't. You, you really didn't think I did. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> I know you did. Yeah. Okay. So just just making sure you're on the track. He has a new book out that we just put into pre-sale, and it is breaking all Ramsey records in pre-sale. Thank you, America. Uh, it is actually going to be published and uh, shipped to you on October the third. But if you buy it now. The book is called uh, "Building a Non-Anxious Life." Um, if you buy, if you go ahead and buy it now, it's only twenty bucks, and we throw in seventy-five dollars worth of items. In other words, it helps John, me, the marketing team. If we pre-sell these, it helps with the marketing process, um, big time. And so we're willing to bribe you to pre-sell it. And also, on top of that, it's an awesome book. So you will get, uh, of course, the ebook and the audio book and other things, Smoke, Fire, and Freedom. Uh, his latest talk will be sent to you right now. And all on this subject of building a non-anxious life in one of the most anxious cultures in the history of the world. That's right. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get that, get that out into people's hands. I've been doing the podcast circuit as uh, we ramp up and um, it's, I think the book's more of a felt need than even I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we knew that, that because we, you did the quick read, which is the equivalent of a chapter, uh, that we put out called redefining anxiety, 150,000 of those sold. So we knew that, uh, a lot of folks were concerned about this subject. Um, there's six daily choices in the book that you make in order to build an unanxious life. And, you know, it is the, Honestly, you you really did find a way to weave between the nerd world of psychology, and um, and, and grandma's common sense. Yeah, it's got a it's got a lot of both in there, but in a way that's digestible. It. I just want to tell you this happened um, the other day. I was speaking. You and I were just talking off air. I was speaking to a university faculty, and um, all the faculty come together. That's called pre-session. It happens at every university, and um, I was meeting with the faculty, and I finished the talk and it went very well and at the end and then the president stands up to go up and i sit down in my seat and i'm all by myself and i feel somebody tug on my shirt and there's a man in the aisle had walked down in front of everybody in this theater we were in and he's got a name tag on his shirt he's one of the maintenance guys and he grabs my head from the back of my he puts his hand on the back of my head and gets real close. He can whisper in while the president of the university is talking, addressing these faculty, the esteemed faculty. And he said, this changed my life. Thank you. And I remember thinking, and he said, I've been listening to the show. I've read one of the other things. And he, and I remember thinking, I wrote this book for you. I wrote this book. It took all this nerd stuff that me and my nerd friends have to somebody who doesn't read a lot of books who just wants to be a better dad. And I got choked up sitting right there. I was doing everything I could just to not lose it because it was a brave act for that guy um, to walk all the way down and to, and to bless me in that way. But 
that's exactly what I set out to do, which is not to write a man. You, the Huberman's of the world, those guys are brilliant. And those Peter T's in the world, those guys are brilliant. I, I can't write like that. Those guys are smart. And they have, they have that, that area covered. I want to write a book that for people who don't read a lot of books, but are just sick and tired of living this anxious, stressed, burned out life. And so um, it's resonating in a way that I didn't anticipate. It's pretty neat. Yeah. I think one of the reasons this show has worked for 30 years is, is that we realize that people actually need other people. And one of the six choices is, you know, choosing friends, choosing community, choosing relationships. And, uh, the lonelier you are, uh, the more you set yourself up for anxiety. So one of the things is to start choosing in that area, right? Yeah. I, I have just come to believe, I don't believe the human body can be well in isolation. I don't believe it can be okay. Um, you can make a bunch of money. You can get six pack abs. You can find somebody to marry you. I don't think your nervous system will rest and relax until it knows I got somebody watching the right flank and somebody watching the left flank and somebody that's, that's there for me in the middle of the night. We're just not designed to do it. Um, and so I don't know. I think you can do all the meditation and you can do all the gratitude journaling. You can do all that stuff. If your body knows you're alone, you are not going to be um, well or whole. And you're going to show up to work on Mondays wondering why you're snapping at your kids, wondering why you just hollered at your husband, wondering why you're so mad at your boss. It has nothing to do with any of that stuff. It has to do with the body trying to get your attention, saying we can't do this by ourselves. Now, being a hermit is a mental illness. Yeah, it's, it's tough, yeah. It, it either is caused by it or will cause it. It's, it's, and it's recursive, right? It works yeah. in and of itself, and it just builds on itself. Yeah. 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 If you go, if you if you're a little crazy, so you go off by yourself, you get even crazier. That's right. And I'll be the first to say, uh, if you're hearing me say that, and you'll you look around and you say, yeah, I'm 41, I'm 36, I'm 58, and uh, the idea of quote unquote going to make a new friend sounds about as much fun as setting my mm-hmm. my hair on fire mm-hmm. just to watch it burn. Um, I address that. It's the worst, and we got to go do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And I think back to our my, my grandparents. I'm about your grandparents. Um, I think your grandparents got off the ark, but my grandparents, uh, they, they, um, I mean, it was, everybody smoked, everybody smoked and it's when everybody, I think they didn't feel good, but everybody smoked. And it's when they came out and go, Hey, whoa, everybody, this is killing it. It's going to kill you. You got to stop. And, um, there were some grandparents that did and some that didn't, it was hard. It was just hard. And it's hard to keep smoking and live that life. And it was hard to, to stop smoking after smoking for X number of years. You had to choose which is a hard path. And um, if you choose the one that's going to give you longevity in life and give your health back, that's hard. And if you're going to keep just plugging along, that's going to be a hard path too. Making friends is very similar. Yeah, Living alone is going to kill you. So you're going to live a lonely life that's hard or you're going to do the scary hard work and say, hey man, you want to go, you want to go grab a drink? You want to come over and, and have dinner? It's to make, The culture has forgotten how to call up and say, hey, bring a dish. We're having dinner tonight. Just be weird. Yeah, I mean, whatever you got left in the fridge, come on over. Yeah. Half a bottle or whatever, come on over. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've forgotten how to do it. Yeah. And um, when someone does it, it's like, oh, that was cool. It's the awesome oh, thing. I just, part <laughs> of me forgot that. I mean, like when we were kids, we used to do that, you know. And yeah, but it's uh, we're, we're too plugged into where we're going out to eat. Uh, we're too plugged into uh, it's, the, know, the, it's the Instagramification. Clicking a button yeah. and crap showing up on the front porch. Well, I even, uh, I've, I've been working with somebody um off air not on my show and one of the assignments i give him and his wife is you have to have somebody over for the next 30 days once a week and you have to intentionally leave something out in the living room like a laundry basket or a like a trash sack mm-hmm. you can't over curate this this house you've got to be you 
and you got to deal with that. Uh, what are they going to think about me? It doesn't matter. They're your friends. Like they brought over half a dish. It's probably not and, even that good. If they do care, then they're not the right. They're not, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah so exactly. Winston and Rachel came over recently. They didn't mention our the cleanliness of our house at all. We just laughed a lot. It was awesome. Rachel doesn't need to mention the cleanliness of anything. That is correct. All right, just to be sure there. <laughs> just to be real clear on that. All right, there we go. This is The Ramsey Show. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Debbie is in San Francisco on line five. Hi, Debbie. Welcome to The Ramsey Show. Maybe not. I think I messed it up. Let's try again. How about now? Debbie, you there? I am here. There we go. What's up? How can we help? Well, I just want to know if, if there's ever a time when it would make sense to pay off home debt with um, traditional IRA. My situation is that um, I re- recently retired, and before I retired, we were cruising along. We owe on our house about 65000 um, we had everything paid off. Um, my husband's self-employed and had a business credit card that he would pay off every month through through that. And all of a sudden, we had a situation after I retired where we had a series of unfortunate things happen. So now I'm sitting here, and it's like we owe $64,000 on the house. We now have a brand-new car loan that I didn't plan on buying for another year or two. And... Um, we're, we're basically retired. My husband's still doing a little bit of side work. but How old are so I'm you? On, I'm 65. And how much is in your retirement? We have $1.1 million. Why did you not just take out money and buy a car? Because it's all in traditional. I don't care. So Yeah. Well, okay. So that, that's, that's my question. Is, you have no is, money oh, except your IRAs? Well, we had about forty thousand dollars, but now it's down to about five. You you have no money basically except your IRAs. Correct. Yeah. You got a million dollars in traditionals. Yes. Way to go! You're millionaires. You're amazing. I, it's it's great, but I'm so the fact that it feels all trapped that. kept it from feeling amazing. But just let's just take it's, a minute here and go, hey, Debbie's a millionaire. Woo! Let's just stop and say that, right? Well, thank you. Yeah. It does, it does and her old man is, too, because he took the ride with her. So there we go. But, yeah. <laughs> All right. So what do you own a stupid car? Okay. So we owe 32000 Okay. So you need hundred grand. so you're going to have to take out hundred and fifty. dollars Ta-da. Yeah. Okay. So it's my stupid tax, right? No. You have to pay taxes on it. Yeah. Yeah. You might as well pay some taxes. I, okay. So I'm so relieved that you're saying this. Yes. Yeah, we, the only time we tell people not to cash out retirement in, at your age to pay off debt is if they don't have enough. Like if you told me I have a $500,000 mortgage and I have 600000 in my retirement, I'd be going, ugh, that's a hard one, right? You're not, but you're not looking at that. you got nine hundred grand left over when we finish talking, right? And, right. Uh, and then the other time we tell people not to use retirement is if they're not over 59 and a half, so they get penalized. So you don't uh, cash out your 401k when you're 45 because the government takes 10% plus your tax rate and they kick your butt. So all you're going to get hit with is the taxes that you have never yet paid on this earning on these earnings. Oh, I'm going to sleep so much better tonight. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, so you're debt free. You're debt free by the end of the week. You got a couple uh, keystrokes on the computer to do to get the money out and get over there and then you're fine. Um, and it's, it's, 
and you've got mandatory required minimum distributions at 72 you know that right Yes, yeah, okay. that, that we are very aware, very aware of that, but yeah. I just felt like I had screwed everything up. No, you haven't screwed everything up. The only, I mean, the only thing you did is you probably bought a – I might go back and revisit that car decision. Oh, it sounds like you guys absolutely. panicked. But, uh, but yeah, but either way, um, you know, uh, you got the money. You're millionaires. I mean, you, you can make a $40,000 mistake when you have a million. You can't make a $40,000 mistake when you have 40000 It's kind of a problem, so – um, but you set yourself up and it's not even a mistake cause you actually own the car and now we're just paying it off. The only big mistake was that. So that, that, that's the process. All right, let's go to uh, Joel in Houston. Hi, Joel. Welcome to the Ramsey show. Hi, Ramsey. How are you doing? Better than we deserve. How can Dr. John and I help? Well, thank you so much for taking me on. Um, but see, I'm calling you today is just because I'm very nervous, um, about the new student loan payments you know, resuming and everything mm-hmm. um so i'm 24 years old you know i make sixty thousand dollars a year and i am soon to be married so i'm currently engaged congratulations thank you sir thank you appreciate it um what do you do uh, yeah so um i am a so i work in logistics uh, transportation logistics you got a supply chain degree and you make 60 grand yes sir well, that sucks you need to make more than that. You're probably worth 80. <laughs> I'm working towards it yet. Yeah, it took a while to get a 60. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, dude, the marketplace right now is about 80 for a newly graduated. I mean, you got a four-year degree in supply chain? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, you're underpaid. I'll just tell you. You need to go look at Anyway, what? how much student loan debt have you got? <laughs> uh, so I have about 30000 on a car. You know, 30000 Joel. And you make sixty? Okay. How much is your student loan debt? Eighteen k. Okay. And and your fiance? What's she do? Uh, she works for um, a government facility. It's a ch- children's assessment center. Um, you know they, they take care yeah. of children. They have them. What's she make? Whatever. Um, she makes nineteen dollars an hour. And she has a four-year degree. Yes, criminal justice. Okay. Uh, the two of you are vastly underpaid, so we're going to work on your careers for sure. Um, you bought a car you can't afford, sir. <laughs> the car is in cray-cray land. Nutty. <laughs> Nutty. Thirty, A $60,000 car, you make, I mean, you make sixty, and you have a $30,000 car. That doesn't work. You don't have a student loan problem. you got a car problem. <laughs> yeah, I... Yeah, Ner- I, nervous I, laugh means you're going to keep it. What's that mean? And listen, dude, I, I drove the streets of Houston. That's where I grew up in a 1988 Tercel EZ hatchback. A thousand bucks. You don't need a $40,000 car when you're broke. That is true. It was just an emergency. I had no No, problem. no. it was not a $30,000 emergency. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> the beer just fell in my mouth, officer. No, you bought it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, man. Uh, nervous laughs aside, the number one mistake newly minted college graduates make is they go buy a car they can't afford. So you're not dumb. You just did what most college graduates do. You went and bought a car you can't afford. And if you don't hear this loud and clear, it's going to hold you back. Because if you didn't have a, what, $650 car payment making 60000 you wouldn't be calling me about the student loan debt. 
So right. if I woke up in your shoes, if you were my son and you called me, my nephew, and you called me and you said, I'm getting ready to get married, Papa Dave, uh, what should I do to get ready to have a great life with this woman I'm in love with? I would say work on your career. You're underpaid. You're worth more than you think you're worth in the marketplace today. You're a stud. Supply chain is an excellent degree field. Way to go. Good choice. And you bought a car that indicates you were doing drugs. So stop. <laughs> doing this stop 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 get rid this would be papa dave talking to my nephew i'll be going you're, you're out of control dude you got to sell it so the best thing you can do for the future joel and the future joel's wife is to get rid of this car and get you a beater and get rid of the student loans as fast as you can by living on beans and rice rice and beans and work on your career choice and she needs to work on hers you go get a four-year degree to make 19 dollars. you can make 19 dollars at target if you didn't even get out of high school so um, that that's just ridiculous. She again, you both have accepted positions, and you've somehow justified or rationalized it that you're you're both worth more than you have been so far. But it's time time to work on those two areas. If I were you, that's what I would do. Yeah, my my dad's a criminal justice professor. I know that's underpaid. I know that's too low. And there's a number of things you can do across that that field. Well, yeah, a whole bunch of stuff you can yeah. do with criminal justice, yeah. but. But that's not nineteen dollars, right? So I mean, what do you and by the way, that's that's the, that's when, when when we say that that's when she says, "Well, I really love working with these kids." So I get that, yeah, I get that. But right now, you can't afford to do follow your heart or do mm-hmm. your passion thing or whatever Instagram is telling you to do because you got y'all got you bills. Quit to your pay. job and work with a youth group of the church, but that doesn't make sense. You, you mean, got you bills gotta, to pay. Right? You, you do work with a youth group of church and work a job. That's, that's right. how you do that. You do both. You, know, you can't mix the two up and be underpaid. It doesn't work. So. Hey, man, we're going to put you guys through Financial Peace University as our wedding gift. Hold on. Austin's going to pick up, and uh, we were messing with you pretty hard, but if you listen to what we said, it's going to help you. This is The Ramsey Show. Did you know, statistically, when it comes to life insurance and protecting your family, that women are more likely to be uninsured or underinsured than men. This doesn't make any sense. Women make up half the workforce, contribute mightily to family incomes, and in many cases are the breadwinners and take care of their families 24 hours a day. This is one of the most overlooked areas when it comes to financial planning. Maybe it's a relic of the past, but a loss of income or the need to replace family care is equally important for women as it is for men. Single moms, working moms, and stay-at-home moms all need term life insurance. Rates are actually lower for women, which is why I send you to Xander Insurance. They shop the top term life companies to find the lowest rates available. You can compare rates online at Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. This is something every family has to deal with. That's Xander.com or 800-356-4282. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Hey, guys, we would love your help, and if you'd like to help us, here's how you can. Pretty simple. Doesn't cost you a thing, but a few moments of your time. Subscribe to this show. When you're listening on podcast or YouTube, click the follow button or the subscribe button, whatever it is. Uh, Make sure you share the show, and that can be clicking a share button, or it could be that you clip the link and send it to somebody and say, hey, listen to this show. Uh, Make sure you leave a five-star review hit the likes, all those kinds of things like that really help drive the algorithms that push the show to the front of the various platforms that we're on. And we're on almost everything. So thank you for being there. We appreciate you. We know that there's a bazillion of you new in the past six months based on our numbers and our 
data analytics and so forth. Thank you for showing up. We're glad you're here. But help us by sharing, subscribing, following, and leaving five-star reviews. Justin is in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Hey, Justin, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, thank you, Dave and John. It is awesome to talk to y'all. I'm excited. Absolutely. How can we help? So my wife and I are on baby step two, and we're trying to get really gazelle intense to pay off our debt. And I wanted to see if you and Dr. John could speak to the physical and mental challenge of working 80 to 90 hours a week on the physical side being like, you know, fatigue, lack of sleep. And on the mental side, you know, your mind just telling you to call it a day when you still need to grind out, you know, those last few hours to make a really good week. Why are you losing sleep? You have plenty of sleep time left. Well, I guess like, you know, a day you, you work 16 hours and you have, you know, an hour commute and, you know, eating Mm -hmm. and stuff like that you may get you know five to six and on a longer day you know you may get four hours of sleep Mm -hmm. i often see folks try to continue the life they were living before they went gazelle intense and they try to squeeze it in meaning i used to watch um all the shows well now i have to just watch my two and there's an hour right there or there's an hour and a half and I want to go to every single Little League game. Well, during Gazelle Intensity, you're going to probably have to miss some games because you got to work some shifts. And that's okay because you're playing a longer game. But I would wonder how much how much all-in are you? Yeah, that, 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 if there's some of that, and, and yeah, you check your actual time audit on where your mm-hmm. actual hours are going, um, number one. Um, then – sleep is necessary the second thing though is is you're not asking yourself to do this long term this is a short sprint right it's not a it's not this is not sustainable for five years um that's not what we're asking ourselves to do and i got a feeling just in talking to you that you have done uh in the past maybe in, in sports or something else you've done something where you stretched yourself to a limit and um if you ha- if you're a person who's done that, you've experienced what we- any of us that have done that, uh, physical or mental or otherwise, you never return to the same shape after that. The- that's the benefit of the stretch. Yes, sir, I have. God has really blessed me with a body that can handle a lot. Yeah, and so you know, once you've done a half marathon, you've done a marathon, you've done a uh, uh, whatever the-, the thing is that pushed you uh, physically and mentally or whatever, then you it changes your level of confidence. It changes the way your swagger, the way you look at the world after that, because you accomplish the goal and, and you know, you break the tape and you, and you go on through. So that that's the way that I have done it is I, I, number one, I look at it as a short term play. And so it's not going to kill me because right before you die from hard work, you pass out. Don't worry about it. I mean, it's okay. So, but the, uh, so it's not going to kill me and uh and it's short term and then the second thing is is that i'm going to get more benefits than just the money in this case you're, you're doing it to make a lot of money to get out of debt okay but the, right. i'm going to get character benefits emotional psychological spiritual benefits even relational benefits because as a couple we now know we can do things we didn't know we could do before as an individual i now know i can do that because before i and it gives me a different level of well if i can do that then i can do another thing 
And if I can do that, then I can do another thing. And that's that's what this is versus being the typical fat American sitting on their couch watching Netflix and never stretches themselves at all. And Justin, yeah, there's some incredible neuroscience that is obviously this doesn't um, you can't you can't game then or hack this system. But you've known people who get under a squat bar and they feel that weight and they get that weird smile. And there's been people who get under that bar and it's like, ah, too heavy. And they get off. One right. of those people says, this pain is going to be worth this. Watch yeah. this. And then the other person says, I need to opt out of this pain right now. And so there's, it's the, your mindset as you're driving home, you can be like, I'm so tired. I hate all of this. This is the worst. I'm so tired. I just clicked another click. How long have you been married? We've been married five years. How's she doing with all this? Um, son, that's interesting you ask that. Uh, one of the other kind of hard things for me is like, say that she has a day off and I'm at work, you know, when it's those last few hours when I still got, you know, four hours left and I'm already tired and she sends me a text like, you know, I miss you ready to see you. I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, man, I'm ready to see you too. I want to come home. But I'm like, you know, I need to stay here another few hours. Yeah. It's like, I know you lost 50 pounds, but here's some fresh baked cookies. (laughs) (laughs) but also also again that's your mindset bro because she's reaching out saying i want you to know i'm not at work with you but i'm in this with you right and it's real easy for you to be like oh yeah you know what i mean so yeah i do your best to i mean you're all in a short sprint i do do your best to roll that out so the good news is she's not she's not whining about she's not going ha 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 oh yeah you never you're never home with me why aren't you ever home with me she's not doing that to you she just said man i miss you i wish you were here because I'm yeah, I'm married to a country girl that's a hillbilly, and if if they learned one thing at her house growing up, it was unbelievable hard work. She has no patience for people that won't work hard, especially if it was her husband. And so I got the yes, opposite. Sir. I'm like, get your butt out of here and get this mess cleaned up. What's wrong <laughs> with you? You know. And so it was. I, she kicked me out the door. You know. And so yeah. occasionally <laughs> now, when I don't need to work, she's like, would you go to work and get away? You know. It's <laughs> like, and so, um, yeah. you know. So the, uh, uh, but she, but that. So I had the benefit of a spouse that was <laughs> beyond supportive. <laughs> supportive is not the correct right. term. She supported you with her foot. <laughs> with her foot. In your yeah, butt. yeah, that's it. But I mean, you know, yeah. in your case, you've got a sweet one that's being sweet and saying, I, I miss you, but I'm proud of you. So you might even tell yeah. her that. Just go, hey, listen, when you do that, it, it, it makes me not angry with you, but it makes me angry with this whole situation. It makes it hard work five more hours. So if you would do that and just add to the end of it, I'm proud of you. You got this. It sure would help me. When my wife was pregnant with Josephine after um, – she had we had had hank um she gave me a list it was just not a long list but it was a short list but she gave me a list of mm-hmm. questions i was not allowed to ask in the hospital and when she was in labor and i said why did you do this and she said because i know you love me and i know you're gonna ask how are you feeling does that hurt are you okay do you need anything and she said right. when you ask those questions it makes me want to strangle you i want to set my eyeballs on fire just enough to look at your face your eyeballs on fire. right so <laughs> she said I, yeah. the best way you can love me is don't do this. I'll let you know if I need some. And yeah. so I think for you, just like Dave just said, if you let her know, hey, when you reach out, it, oh man, I know you're telling me that you're proud of me and you love me, but it just makes me hate being at work, and the, which makes me hate myself and makes me hate all this. Yeah. Can you just text me and say I'm so proud of you? And I'll know that you miss me. When you're when you're running the stadium stairs, um, you you have no memory of doing that when you look at the scoreboard at the end of the Super Bowl when you won. Or you make that catch, yeah. 
you have no memory of running the stadium stairs. Your brain does. Your brain allows you to do the only the celebration. Justin, you're a stud, man. I'm proud of you, and I think you're going to be okay. Uh, the good news is you're smart enough to talk about it and say I'm tired. You're smart enough to even take a look. Take okay, I got to take a day. I'm done. I got to take at least a day. I can't breathe. You, you know where your limits are, but pushing those limits is not a permanent thing. It's not a way of life. It's a moment in time. And the benefits are going to exceed the pain, I can promise you. Live like no one else, so that later you can live and give like no one else. Dr. John Deloney, number one best-selling author of the book, Own Your Past, Change Your Future, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us. Open phones at 888-825-5225. You jump in. We'll talk about your life and your money. Trisha is with us in Washington, D.C. Hi, Trisha. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi. Thanks for having me. Um, I have one simple question and one that's a little bit more complex. Um, the first is baby step four, 15% of income. Is that based on the base salary or is that total including potential bonuses? Total gross before taxes. Okay. Um, and then my second question relates to a second mortgage that I have or a mortgage that I have jointly with my mother-in-law or that my husband and I, I guess, have with my mother-in-law um, and whether how we should really be accounting for that in the baby steps. Does that go in bucket two or does that go in the bucket with the general mortgage um, payoff? Yeah. Where how do you, you have a mortgage that? with your mother-in-law? Um, so when my husband and I were expecting our first baby, my mother-in-law was retiring and we wanted her to move closer to us, but she couldn't, um, afford a house near us. And we thought that, you know, helping her move toward where we were would be, you know, better than paying for a stranger to do childcare for us. So we essentially assisted her in getting the house. So I'm on the mortgage. So you took out a, you're on her mortgage. Um, we're jointly on the mortgage. We own it, you know, 50 50%. But it's her house. Um, yeah, it's her primary residence, yes. Okay, so you took out a mortgage. You're a co-signer, in a sense, on her mortgage on her house. Uh, well, I'm on the title as well. But oh. Yes. yes. It, this is your mom? No, it's my husband's mother. Oh, okay. So all three of you are on the title? Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. Well, the... So my question basically is, do I just kind of let this linger out there and make the payments? I mean, the payments is fine. Um, Are you making but, the payments? I, um, we split the payments. As a method of helping her? Yeah, yeah. And she helps. Um, what happens know, watch to the house when she passes? Are there other siblings? Um, my husband has two siblings. We haven't actually discussed that, um, what happens when it passes, um, when she passes, we haven't discussed that. Which okay. So all the money that you're paying in reducing the principal may go to them. Um, uh, well, I'm on the title, so. I know, but, um, but you're not, you don't have exclusive title. She's got the title too. And her estate will get her portion of the title and that, that portion of the estate could go to the siblings. Sure. So, yeah. Number one, not discussing this is really bad plan. Not having a plan is a really bad plan. So we need a will and a game plan immediately. And you may want to have it where the house is just uh, where the deed is changed and it comes to you at death. Okay. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. th- that that would solve a whole lot of things if you can get control of it like that. Then I would put this in your plan. 
a normal second mortgage on your residence, we tell folks if it's less than half your annual income, put it in baby step two. If it's more than half your annual income, it's in baby step six. So what's the balance on this particular house, although it's not a real second mortgage? Um, the balance is 371. Okay. I'm guessing you're not making 800. Uh, I make after bonus, it'll be 500. Household income? Uh, 500. Yeah. My husband's retired. Well, I mean, he gets, you know, 30,000 through okay. the whole year for okay. disability, but um, yeah, you really need to get this straightened out so that you can get it paid off, but it really is a baby step 6 item. Okay. And um, but but if you pay it off, and there's a paid-for house, and half of that house is owned by her, and she dies, and there's no will. That half of the house will be split among you and your sib- or her, her, your husband and his siblings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dumb plan. Well, and I got to Dave. Yeah. I'm going to ask you a question about Trisha's situation. Okay, so okay. Trisha, I'm using you your situation as Dave. Um, what happens if Trisha pays off her half, but Mom's still there's making not payments? A half. It's an undivided interest. There's not yeah. a half. So three seventy one is just the total balance of the yeah, loan. If you pay down, if you pay down three seventy one by half, the other she's still liable for the other half. It's not you can mm-hmm. you don't. It's not two loans. It's one loan. That's that's, that's yeah, what I mean. Yeah, but Trisha, so. your three seventy one isn't half of the remaining balance of the house. That's how much the whole remaining balance is. Yeah, that's the remaining outstanding amount on the mortgage. So yeah. you're not you're not talking about splitting the payments with mom. You're talking about just paying the house off. I am. I'm saying pay uh, off the well, house. And but pay it off in such and when you put the documentation in place that the house is yours. Yeah. That that you know, treat it like it's a rental property. And it's mm-hmm. in baby step six, and you pay it off. But right now, it's not a rental property. Right now, you start paying it off, you're going to get in an argument with somebody, a judge or a sibling or both, because there's no will and no plan. Or there's uh, a will that says just split it among the three of them it's dumb that's dumb i mean that was not the intent of this deal that's not a fair deal here because the others haven't put anything into this house you should split the rest of the stuff with them or that's fine but and certainly if you go and pay off you know a house that has your name on it but her name on it's your house and 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 it you know that you're benefiting those siblings if you don't clean this mess up first so yeah we've got to do some uh some estate planning work here and then we need to put it in baby step six is your overall answer. So, hey, good question. Um, just note, I would not have done this the way you did it. I think there was other ways to help grandmother and help her move and help her be there to help raise your kids and all that kind of stuff without uh, getting all tied up in this barrel of fish hooks that you got yourself in. But you can straighten it out and by paying it off and by getting it deeded to you upon death um, or before. Either one's fine with me. Open phones at 888-825-5225-GEO's in Miami. Hi, Gio. How are you? Hey, Dave. How are you doing? Better than we deserve. What's up? Yeah. All right. Um, so I just had a quick question. Um, so I'm thinking about buying a rental property with my sister, um, but she's made it very clear that she doesn't want a, a 15-year. She, we, we're kind of on a time limit. Um, because my, my income of this year is going to be like, not really that high. And so we're going to be going off on my income of last year. Um, and so I was just wondering if it's going to be a rental and if we're not really going to be living in it. Um, 
and if you know we can potentially sell it before the 30 year mark this would be th- um, there's you have three reasons you should not do this deal number one you're broke you don't make enough money to do the deal number two uh, you're you're going to be in a partnership with someone you're already in a disagreement with on how to structure the deal. That's dumb. Mm. Partnerships are dumb. Partnerships with family can be really bad idea. And yeah. uh, number three, you shouldn't buy rental property with debt at all. You should pay cash for it. So, um, but you're kind of new to this whole Ramsey thing, so you didn't know any. I was going to say any of those things. But one of the sayings we use around here is the only ship that won't sail is a partnership. Because um, doing 30 years of financial coaching, uh, you know what I see a lot? People like you and your sister in my office, both of you pissed off. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, because it didn't because the partnership didn't work. And, I, would t- I would tell her I love you enough that I'm not going to do this. Yeah. Or I'm, I'm out. It's not going to work for me. Well, I mean, you're not making as much money tells me that you're not, you know, you're, you're not making good money. You don't need to be getting into rental property and you're fi- financing it. And you want to do a 15 because you got at least that much of a glimpse of the Ramsey stuff. Uh, and she's like, no, I want to stay in debt forever. No. I, well, it, it's I, I, Dave, I just keep having this conversation with folks about my age, a little bit younger, a little bit older, who just keep living on TikTok and they oh, think God. that they are broke if they don't have rental property. Let me tell you what. They will live in a two bedroom apartment and try to buy a rental house with. A thirty or forty year note—it's madness. Yeah, it's heartbreaking what it it's, is. It's the—it's a get rich quick syndrome, and it's uh, this idea that you know I, I'm going to invest in property because uh, that's going to make me wealthy. And the truth is that real estate does not make broke people wealthy; it makes them broker. That's why they call them brokers. And so it's <laughs> you know it's just when you're broke, real estate is is a game that you play when you have cash, lots of it. Because you need to play the long ball with real estate. And when you get up against the edge and the sparks start flying because there's friction, because there's no margin, that's when you're going to lose your butt in real estate. So I started with nothing. I had $4 million worth of real estate by the time I was 26 with a million dollar net worth. I was making $200,000 a year in, eight, in 1983. That's a lot of money back then. I lost it all because I was playing the same stupid butt games that you people are watching on Tic Tac. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, it's Dr. John Deloney. If you love the show and want a deeper dive on your money journey, we have a weekly newsletter that gives you trending and helpful articles and tips on following the Ramsey way. Just go to RamseySolutions.com today to sign up for our newsletter. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter.